Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you bring us to this place and to this room. We acknowledge that you, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, whom you've sent, we have not been left alone all week. And yet we find ourselves here with our church family to worship you in spirit and in truth. So Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are here among us and in us and with us. Open our hearts and our minds that we might hear your truths today. In Jesus' name, amen. A trajectory is a chosen or taken course. Each morning when I leave my neighborhood, I'm faced with a decision, left or right. Left will take me through an industrial area and further north on Highway 31. Right will take me into the country to Carter's Creek Station. Well, I'll turn right, cross a railroad track, turn left on the Fry Road, and enjoy a nice 25-mile-an-hour road with no, lane, no lines on it next to Carter's Creek. I try to go 25 to 30. There are some cars who prefer 50. Now, for me, that chosen direction or course, left or right, one puts me on Highway 31 longer than the other. And as we often talk in our Tuesday morning Bible study, sometimes Highway 31 can be a little frustrating. In life, we have these opportunities to choose a trajectory, a direction. You and I can make one wrong decision, take a chosen course of life and end up at not such a good place is that in anybody's testimony yes it's in mine that happened a few weeks ago with four boys in memphis when they carjacked shot and killed one of our district superintendents and now those boys are on a trajectory that is not good. You've seen it happen in your own families and among your friends, some trajectories that are chosen and taken that have been bad. You've also seen healthy trajectories that are chosen and things produce good results for yourself and with others. We can have both of those in our testimonies, good decisions and bad decisions. The life of a follower of Jesus has a trajectory, a chosen and taken course. We Methodists have a trajectory, a direction, a chosen or taken course. That trajectory we are calling this month perfect love. God's grace power and presence of the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. Holy Spirit manifests in our lives in a movement of restoration and redemption. 
Grace is from our Heavenly Father, rooted in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, administered by Holy Spirit. We humans, created in the image of God, we're fallen, we're marred, we turn away from God. And by God's great initiative, we can turn toward God and experience freedom and wholeness and be renewed after the image of God. We have a potluck dinner tonight. We're collecting some goods for local elementary school. We build wheelchair ramps. We're going to have an ice cream supper. And oh, how I love ice cream. You, Some of you are just in Sunday school. And in midst of all those diverse forms of ministry is the ultimate concern. That people will be brought into a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And renewed after the image of their creator. And find that last wording in Colossians 3.10. To get us started talking about perfect love, there's some theological basis. And I was going to use some big seminary words uh, with you this morning. And I finally got to ride my bicycle yesterday, Alan. And on that bicycle ride, I felt the Holy Spirit say, make it plain. Make it plain. I want to share four alls with you, the four alls of Methodism. And I'm going to ask you to repeat these after me. Are you ready? All need to be saved. All can be saved. All can know they are saved. All can be saved to the utmost. That saved to the utmost is what we're going to spend our time on this month. Perfect love. Now I want to encourage you as we, Robert and I, unpack perfect love and being saved to the utmost. I want to encourage you, if you miss a Sunday, uh, make sure you tune in back into the video uh, on, on our Facebook, our live streaming, or catch uh, the sermon on podcast. Because we're unpacking this throughout four Sundays. First, some stories. Some testimonies. Mr. Pritchard came to a sense of his own brokenness before God. He had a despair of his inability to rescue himself. And it was from this place of self-realization that he was filled with perfect love and God gave him a clean heart. He asked Jesus to give him a clean heart, and he heard within his spirit, I will be clean. And he writes in his testimony that he felt this cold, hard bar that was across his heart break. And he testified, all my soul was filled with love, nor could I doubt, but Jesus has made me clean through the word which he had spoken to my soul. Jarena, after seeking perfect love for months, praying each day. One day she got up from praying and she was discouraged because it didn't seem that God had been able to hadn't answered her prayer. And she heard a voice saying this, ask for sanctification. She realized that she had not actually remembered to ask God to sanctify her. 
She then prayed a short prayer and immediately she received the gift of perfect love. Dr. Hibbard was walking on a a beautiful spring day and the Holy Spirit led him to perfect love through a series of questions. Dr. Hibbard asked God for victory over all known sin. And as soon as he asked it, he realized he had had received the victory. He asked for the power to perform all the known will of God. His prayer was answered as soon as he asked. He asked for the power to love God with all of his soul. And again, he found that God immediately gave him this power. Mr. Pritchard, Jarena, Dr. Hibbard experienced the fullness of salvation. The fullness of salvation, empowerment, and freedom to live a faithful and holy life entirely right now. The fullness of salvation, God's salvation saving entirely to the uttermost. A love, a love within your heart that you cannot conjure up yourself. A fullness of salvation, love of God and neighbor to the exclusion of sin. Fullness of salvation, more love and more power, purity of of intention, dedicating all of your life to God, saved to the uttermost. Through faith in Jesus Christ, it is possible to experience full salvation and freedom from sin's power in your life. In the red letter words of Jesus, be perfect. As your heavenly father is perfect. And again, love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Perfect love, the theological term. That I felt the Holy Spirit say to me yesterday on my bicycle to not use today. Entire sanctification. Perfect love to me makes it plain. Where Lee, a boy from Coffee County, can understand. Perfect love is the trajectory of Methodism. Perfect love is the central goal of Methodism. Perfect love is the reason for Methodism's existence. Perfect love is the unique calling that God gave to us Methodists. Perfect love brought into align, brings into alignment the Holy Spirit's will for your life. Perfect love is Jesus reigning in your heart without rival. Perfect love is the second half of the gospel. 1 John 4.18 says this, God's perfect love cast out fear. God's perfect love cast out fear. God's perfect love displaces our, our disordered alliances. God's perfect love displaces our addictions. God's perfect love displaces our pent-up hate in our hearts. Methodism is a movement of followers of Jesus who wholeheartedly pursue holiness. 
Methodists are people who, who, desperate, who seek to receive this gift of perfect love, entire sanctification. Methodists are people who hunger for holiness. Methodists are people who are overwhelmed by God's love for them, seeking and becoming hungry for holiness, hungrier for holiness than being worried about being embarrassed in front of others, more desperate for God than we are determined to protect our reputations. From the oldest Methodist here to the newest Methodist, I don't think we've experienced Methodism at its best and its most powerful. This pursuit of perfect love has all but been lost among us Methodists. Mentioned one time a year in our services of ordination and annual conference. Over the years, and I'm talking a hundred years, cultural respectability increasingly won out over the pursuit of holiness. Our Methodist forefathers and foremothers chose a path of worldly power and influence and abandoned the spiritual heritage or a trajectory of perfect love. And the more that we've distanced ourselves from this unique call, the more we Methodists have experienced decline spiritually and numerically. The trajectory of Methodists was perfect love. What is it now? That all depends on you and me. I don't think God is finished with a people called Methodist. And I have this audacious optimism that I've had for 24 years, two months and seven days, that God is not finished with a people called Methodist. And that by God's grace, He not only pardons and forgives but he can radically transform lives we exist to share the transforming love of jesus christ with all people we can't share something we've not experienced ourselves the good life in jesus comes when we surrender, when we die to ourselves to be alive in Christ, being truthful with ourselves and others about our weaknesses and our desperation and our great need. If we're going to see revival, if we're going to see an awakening, it will only come as we pursue perfect love with urgency. At the conclusion of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, it's our scripture reading today, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.23, if you would turn there with me. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, all good biblical scholars know that 1 Thessalonians comes before, thank you, good biblical scholars there, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. You catch that theological word, sanctify? Sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless. Do you hear the holiness theme there? Sound and blameless. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. 
sanctify entirely. Perfect love was the trajectory of Jesus, the trajectory of Paul, the trajectory of Methodists, the trajectory of Wesley, and it happened in the lives of Mr. Pritchard, Jorina, and Dr. Hibbard. It happened in the lives of others, and it can happen in your life. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. At the end of John Wesley's sermon, near the end of John Wesley's sermon on scriptural way of salvation, he writes these words. Expect it by faith. This perfect love, brothers and sisters, is not something that we will up in ourselves. It's not based on our works. It's a gift. A gift of faith. We expect it by faith. Expect it as you are. Expect it now. Christ is ready. Expect it by faith. Expect it as you are. Expect it now. Christ is ready. Expect it by faith. Expect it as you are. Expect it now. Christ is ready. Lord Jesus, you promised to work in our lives. And so, Lord, we are standing on that promise a work of perfect love. Lord Jesus, I repent that as a preacher, I have not preached enough with clarity on full salvation and being made perfect in love. So Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. Instill within us, in this congregation, Columbia First United Methodist Church, this trajectory that you started oh so long ago with us Methodists. We expect it by faith. We expect it as we are. And we expect it now. Jesus, you are ready. Amen.